Welcome to the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I am your host, and I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. This show, the Housing Hour, is brought to you by Mortgage Investors Group, helping American dreams come true for 25 years, celebrating that this year. And we're thankful for them. We're thankful for you. We're thankful for our station here, 98.7. WOKI and for our producer Eric in there. Thank you guys for coming in. We have a great show lined up and it's very, very important the subject matter that we're going to be tackling. Before we get to our guests though, let me tell you how you can plug in with us. One of the the key ways is of course our website. It's thehousinghour.com. That is where we keep all of our information, our past shows. Um, You can listen to our current show. You can download our app um, and we're trying to get app share as if, if you will. Um, so um, you can go there. That is also going to have links to all of our social media uh, platforms. We're on Facebook. So facebook.com slash the housing hour. We're on Twitter as well at the housing hour. And I'm losing my voice. And it sounds and that way. I apologize. Uh, I spent a week at Disney world last week and that probably has something to do Screaming with Screaming at Mickey. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> um, well guys, you know, this time of year we tend to have, and I know it's very, uh, unfortunate, but there's been a couple of, of fires that have happened even here in West Knoxville just recently. And so we always around this time of the year, think about fire safety. We, we want to talk about fire safety because it's the myths that are out there. And we'll talk about the myths. We have some myths that we want to debunk, but we want to get some of the experts in to help give us kind of that 30,000 foot view of what fire safety is all about, what we can do to be proactive some ways that we can stay on on touch, in touch with all of these things. And thank you, my producer just brought me some lozenges. That's very nice. And <laughs> so we have today in studio Leon Cons. Is that how you say your, your name? Yes. yes. And, and he yeah. is with he is with the Tennessee Firewise. He's their fire prevention and firewise coordinator. He's here to speak on behalf of this subject. And we also have with the Department of Agriculture, we have Nathan Waters. He's the assistant district forester and the, from the Division of Forestry. Thank you both so much for coming in. It's good to be here. Thank you. you Absolutely. Bet. You bet. Thank you. I want to start with some of the myths that are out there. Because I think that there are people that think, oh, well, you know, fire prevention is is only for out west you know they have the big forest fires that you hear about or you know we don't need it's you know so so wet a lot of times we have get a lot of rain this is only the west problem those type of myths and and there's other myths as too if you think about people think about all kinds of things when it as it relates to fires it's never going to happen to me it is never going to happen to me what are so we'll start actually let's start over here with you uh, leon what are some of the things that you think are the biggest myths that are out there? Well, I think the biggest one is that uh, uh, folks feel that it is a Western problem, that wildfires don't occur here in Tennessee. But in actuality, uh, you know, more wildfires occur east of the Mississippi each year than west wow. of the Mississippi. I had uh, no idea. Did no and, idea. And the reason you don't hear about that is simply because uh, most of our fires 
are smaller. So, you know, many homes are not burned up at one time. So they don't make the national news. But uh, each year, um, oh, 50 to 100 structures are lost here in Tennessee. And so it's really a, a major concern of ours to try to reduce that number. It's probably turkey fryers. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> and what would you say? Would you would you agree with that maybe as being the biggest myth? Yeah, and, uh, you know, something else, you see a lot of fires out west. They speak about uh, lightning starts the fires. Mm-hmm. Um, really, in, in Tennessee particularly, um, almost 99% of the fires are human caused. Mm. We had... Uh, Last year we had, I think, one lightning fire in this area. Um, wow. You know, out of about uh, 600 or so fires we had. Um, so, you know, humans are causing the fires. It's, it's completely different from the West. So right. uh, most all of our fires, uh, over half of them are debris, so they're around homes. Um, yeah. A few of them are arson and then other items like railroads, power lines, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But a majority of our, fi- our fires are occurring around homes, you know, people burning leaves or debris or whatever. And, uh, and it gets away from them. So, you know, that's, that's the, I think that's the biggest misconception. You look on TV, uh, you see the Western fires, they show the lightning strikes, they have dry lightning there. Not the same conditions as East Tennessee and as the East. But yeah. I can tell you, uh, going up into the Cumberland Mountains and, uh, you know, hiking there as a Boy Scout, uh, several times when we were backpacking, there were mm. fires, wildfires that you could see burning off yeah. into the horizon, yeah. cr- creating a lot of smoke. And every year it's in the fall. And it's not, yeah, exactly. And I was looking on your all's website and I noticed that just since uh, the 24th of October, this just ran, this was just a report that I randomly pulled, um, but there were 16 fires basically in East Tennessee that were reported just in that seven days, whatever types of fires that were out there. So fires do exist. They happen frequently and we can do some things as, as citizens of our state to prevent that, and I, and I tell you what, we have talk about a treasure trove of information. Yeah. Leon, you've brought me a treasure trove. Is it your passion to prevent fires? Oh yes, yeah. That's I mean, and and Nathan's, oh, and yeah. you know, it. He likes to put them out too. But, <laughs> but yeah, uh, preventing preventing the fires and also uh, making homes safer so that when fires do occur, that that. That, that they don't burn down. And uh, one of the really cool things about the FireWise program is that it does have uh, practices that we can use to, to make our homes safe even when fires do occur. Because, well, I'm sorry, Mark, I'll, you can maybe join on in this. There's, that's one of the myths that you have in your, in your stuff here is that one of the myths is there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, there's plenty yeah. we can do about it. Oh, yeah. And, and we'll talk, I'm sure, about uh, in more detail, but things like the way homes and whole communities are designed, the building materials that are used, mm-hmm. the, the types of landscaping and the way all that's laid out around homes. We'll talk uh, about the Marks yeah, fire he had yeah. at, his, at his office. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and one of the other things, things I'd like to add if we have the, the time is simply, uh, you know, many times we think that what's going to burn our house down is a big wall of flames that's going to come through the woods. And that's what we see on TV. But most homes burn down, more than half of the homes that burn down, burn down because of little things. Either it's a small fire that creeps up to the house or an ember, an ember that's you know, blowing by the wind lands on the house 
or next to the house and starts a fire. So we really, uh, we really try to uh, have our home safe from not only big fires, but from these little, little things that cause fires. And one of the things, uh, Kevin, I was talking to Nathan before uh, we went on air, is the, uh, the prevention piece of this is why they're on today. Uh, it's Absolutely. prevention. But you know, a lot of times Nathan is interviewed on the news when there's a fire, you know, and so they're talking right. about how you're going to put out the fire, how long the fire is going to go. And uh, he gets to talk a little bit about the prevention at that point. But most everybody wants to know, you know, what's progressing with the fire. So I think that's why this is a good platform today to talk about the prevention piece and not Absolutely. You know, reactive to the fire. Absolutely. I agree. What would you say? Give me some of your um your biggest pointers as it relates to prevention, what are some things that you would say? Um, you know, we encourage people just use sense to, to think if you're going to use fire for a tool, um, you know, think about what you're doing, plan ahead. Um, if you're going to burn outside, if you've got a brush pile to burn, you're going to have a bonfire, you know, have people on hand to help you, um, have a control line. Um, you know, if it's during fire season, call, get a burn permit. From fire us. season. There's yeah. fire seasons. There's fire seasons, October 15th to May 15th in Tennessee. That's the, uh, winter is actually our driest season of the year. Mm. That's when all the leaves are off the hardwoods and that's usually primary fuel is hardwood, uh, leaves and dried grass. Um, but you know, we urge people just, just to be safe, uh, take some time out and talk to your kids, you know, let them know if they're outside, they see a fire or something like that. And you'll let you know. Don't play with matches. Just the basic stuff. People don't talk to their kids about that anymore. And, uh, you know, this stuff is out there for them to play with. And, you know, it's, it's helpful if they know ahead of time not yeah. to do something. If you and, take gas and a lighter from a kid, that's a very dangerous combination. And you're right. Parents aren't talking about that. Yeah. Well, a lighter and fireworks is a dangerous combination, yeah. too. You know, we, we use a lot of fireworks. Um and it's a great thing to be able to use the fireworks, but, you know, to be careful with them. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing is, if you have a fire department nearby, we have some of the best fire departments in the state here in East Tennessee, um, in Knox County and all these counties around Knox County. Excellent guys. I've worked with most every fire department here. Um, but talk to your fire department and, and, you know, see what their their concerns are in your area. Are there issues in your area? Have you had a lot of, is, is there an arsonist about? Um, are there power line issues? You know, what might be going on? And try to pre-plan if you have a fire, um, just like you plan to get out of your home if there's, a, if there's a fire. You know, you have escape routes where everybody's going to meet. Same sort of thing if you have a wildfire. Mm. Um, and even on a community scale, um, when we've had uh, wildfires that go into communities, um, there can be anywhere from five to hundreds of homes. And just trying to track everybody down, you know, to have a call list and make sure everybody's accounted for and gets together. Because, um, you know, you hate to lose stuff, you hate to lose houses, but... You know, the, the main thing that we try to protect when we go out there um, fighting fires is people. You can't replace the people. We can replace the stuff, but we can't replace you. So that's why that's we try true. to. That's true. That's true. I mean, that's such a good point. And it's so crazy that when you just mentioned the word arsonist, I mean, what's the percentage of arson fires? Um, usually right under half in the state. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. We have some areas. Um, they actually usually burn more acreages because they're purposely trying to burn something. So they'll, they'll light it somewhere where it'll get big quick. Um, um, and in just, order just to, to clear it or to be destructive? Uh, a variety of reasons. You know, they've done studies in the past, whether it's vindictive. Um, some people just get enjoyment out of it, just like a sort of a career criminal, criminal sort of thing. Uh, some people have an older mentality uh, of thinking of it and don't think of the fact that there's so much forestry recreation. There's houses in the woods. You can't see some of the houses that are up there. Uh, people get on ATVs now and go ride. 
uh, not just hunting, but, you know, get out there just to see it, uh, to enjoy the trails and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, just, just older mentality of burning the woods. And, you know, doing a prescribed burn is a good thing, actually. We do prescribe burns in Tennessee. Um, but to just go out and do it just just, uh, just for no reason and just, just to burn it, um, you know, if you don't have a plan and you don't have, a, have an objective, um, there's really no sense. It, it, that's, what's ar- that's what arson is, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I can't even believe that that is something that people get some enjoyment out of. But then again, any criminal offense, you think, why would you do something like that? So, um, Leon, tell me what you think some of the top preventative measures are that people can. Let's start with there and then we'll go on. But what are some we only have about three minutes or or less. But tell me what some of your your top three are. Okay. Uh, Well, the 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 top. The top three would be um, actually if might stretch it into a little bit That's more fine. than that. But um, you know, probably the main thing people could do is uh, make sure that they don't have leaves and pine needles on their roof or in their gutters or under their decks or around their house and get rid of that. Uh, the other thing uh, is um, uh, building materials, uh, and uh, there are some building materials that are less flammable than others. Uh, uh, and we have handouts on that. Uh, landscaping, there's uh, uh, certain ways to landscape your yard that makes your home less flammable. And we have great uh, handouts on that as well. You may want to give that handout to Mark. We'll talk about that in the next segment. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, another thing is simply the way homes and communities are designed. Uh, you know, you can design, design them so that they're not as uh, easily... Uh, caught on fire, and we have excellent handouts on that as well. Uh, mm-hmm. So those are the main things that come to my mind. Nathan, do you yeah, have, um, you know, just um, view it like I said, working with the fire department. Yeah, um, if you have yep. a question, uh, yep. fire department's not available, or or you want to contact us directly with the division of forestry. Yeah, uh, we work for you. We do a lot of forestry work uh, in the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, we work with trees, but we also work with landowners. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we'll come out and look at it, and you know, just give you an opinion on it, and and be glad to walk around and spend some time and talk to you, and maybe go over some ways to to, to remedy stuff. Well, hold that thought because that'd be good for us to talk about in our second segment because um, it would be nice to hear from you guys, you know, what options people do have that have an interest in prevention, but may don't, they just don't know. What what can I do? What are some steps I can take? And what you're saying is you're actually offering a free service to come out and help people. Um, and I think that's fantastic. Our tax dollars are going to good use there and i think that would be something that we should uh, take advantage of so we're here on the housing hour talking about fire prevention Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Everybody get up. Again, welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I am your host here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Hope you all had a a wonderful holiday and... um, we're just kind of talking about some important things. I tell you, this is this is seasonal. Obviously, fire prevention is important all year all year long. 
especially now that we have all this electricity sitting on this tree. And we're, yeah, we're bringing the forest into the house. Inside of the house. And there has to be some tips that you guys have for for that. I mean, I know that watering a tree is the utmost importance because if you don't, it's going to dry some of these some of these bulbs. It's just common. Actually, you know what? It goes back to your very first uh, principle for pro- fire prevention. It's just common sense. Some of it, but oh, yeah. it, the yeah. fires get started a lot during this time of year because of Christmas trees, or no? We have, uh, you know, in in the past about ten to twenty years, uh, as we've had homes that have went deeper into the into the woods, and um, I include Knox County in that because if you drive around Knox County and see where they went out these ridges, um, but the more houses that went in, a bigger problem has been that actual burning homes, uh, structure fires have started the woods on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had electrical fires, um, chimneys are a big thing. Oh. Just and just maintaining your home, and I'm sure Christmas uh-huh. trees may have been part of that. A lot of times we don't have privy information to exactly right. what caused right. it later on, but um, you know, just uh, uh, maintenance of your home, taking care of. Talk it. about talk about chimneys. <laughs> the reason I bring that up is because I'm probably one that needs to have a chimney sweep or something. Because hey, look, let's listen. There's a lot of homes in West Knoxville. You know, everybody started to go with these gas fireplaces, but in some of the older homes or some of the newer homes, you have a lot of chimneys that are, are wood-burning chimneys. Um, talk about, do you know much about the maintenance, or you're just saying it needs to be maintenanced? Well, um, you know, as you use a chimney and you burn wood, if you don't use seasoned wood, um, there's oh. a lot of creosote that builds up. And what happens is... What's creosote? Creosote is uh, when you have smoke that comes off the wood. Pretty basically what it is is the smoke goes up, um, and the wood wasn't uh, burning very hot. Mm. There was a lot of moisture. You cut it off too soon. There was a lot of moisture in the air, mm-hmm. and it condenses inside your chimney and builds up as a film. Okay. Um, and that creosote itself can light. It's like the, the oh yeah. oh. So if you don't use seasoned wood, you know we always say to get seasoned wood. Find wood that's been cured. Yes. That's dried for a year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and burn that and burn stuff that'll burn hot. Now pine, you can burn that. It does tend to lean toward having a little more creosote in it, just because it's a sappy. Um, right. you know, stuff like, uh, uh, really dense hardwoods like hickory, um, oak. cherry, uh, oak, those things burn really hot. Those are better to burn. Mm-hmm. Mark um, burns oak, I believe. I don't do you? Burn and, oak. Uh, white oak or red oak. And, yeah. and, and, you know, we encourage people to, you know, once a year, probably have your chimney clean, cleaned and it sort of ties into the firewise, uh, principle that we have one of them, which is to have, uh, vents on your home, to have screens on your vents. So number one, sparks don't get into your house, but in case of the chimney, the sparks don't come out of your hand. Oh, you're talking up at the top. At the yeah. top, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now that, well, you talked about the ember earlier. I think you were talking about that. It takes just one ember. Is that the right word? Yes. Yep. Yep. It comes out of your chimney. You're burning a hot fire in there because it's colder than you know what. And you have an ember that comes out and goes into your neighbor and nobody knows how it started. Well, the reason is, is because you didn't have a screen on there. And that's one of the firewise principles, right. right? Yeah. Right. Wow. Yep. And it can also let, you know, if you don't have the thing uh, screened and capped, you know, wind can come back down and blow the embers out into your house. Um, if you don't have a proper cap, yeah. there can be airflow that comes back and does that. There's, you know, there's a uh, history of that. And also you can have animals get in there and nest. Backdraft, right? Yes, That's and, what and, it's and clog it that up. That movie was great. Yeah, there's people that go to bed and they've had their chimney clogged up and if they just lit the fire and really didn't notice it, the carbon monoxide. So it's important. I didn't even think about that. Carbon monoxide. You need carbon monoxide units, detectors in your home. Is that part of your prevention? 
Well, you encourage it, I'm sure. Yeah. No. Uh, well, I do, but, yeah. but but my main efforts have to do with things that you can do outside of the house, okay. uh, right. related to wild wildfires. And, sure. And so I really have uh, very limited limited knowledge mm-hmm. on a lot of the things that that can be done inside the house. Uh, and I think that what you guys are speaking to on a broader scale really impacts more people at the end of the day because your preventative measures as far as landscaping, some of the things you can do on the outside of the home, those things are, I mean, certainly I don't want to say that the inside prevention is not important. It is, but the outside of the home, because you're, you're affecting more people, you're affecting more acreage. So those are some of the things I think definitely could be a contributing factor. Um, But you talked about, you talked about what kind of um, fire to burn or what type of wood to burn. When you're out there and you're you're talking with people, there you know there's there's many different forests, if you will, in East Tennessee, and people are foresting wood all the time. Is there a law that requires people or keeps people from cutting down trees just out in the forest? Because I would imagine that there's a lot of risk involved in people using machines out in the middle of the forest without certain permits and so forth. Um, well, you mean as far as loggers? Loggers, yes. Yeah, loggers have to go by, um, they, they go through a, con- a contract with a property owner. Okay. Um, you don't go cut trees off like, uh, <laughs> like, uh, National Park Service land that's forbidden. I can't go to the Smoky um, Mountains and cut down some trees. I wouldn't recommend it, but, Because um, <laughs> if he catches you. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, they go through a contract and they only, uh, cut, you know, what's marked and, a lot of times, uh, you know, well, what we suggest is people work with a forester, either either a, uh, a contract forester or through one of the foresters with the state, mm-hmm. to try to go through and mark the tent trees and look at the trees and make sure they're uh, ready to be cut. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of times oh, okay. um, you'll get more money if you wait a little while, um, or they may not be at that age where they're ready to cut. And after we talk to some people, their priorities are a little different. Maybe mm-hmm. they want those trees there because they're a nice screen for the house. Oh, right. um, but while we're doing that, you know, we'll often talk to them if they have stuff like. Uh, pine trees and stuff that go right up to the house, you know, we can talk to them at that time about, you know, trimming trees back. If we have limbs that go over the roof of the house, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and we talk to them about, you know, distance. Uh, part of the firewise concept is to have a defensible space. Mm-hmm. Um, and it recommends, um, you know, 50 to 100 feet. And, you know, you tell people that and they panic and they think, they mean I'm just supposed to cut everything down and have a, like a clear, a clear cut in my yard. And we're like, no, right. no. What we do is we go in and like, uh, if you have a tractor trailer, go down the interstate. If you take, uh, uh, put a bunch of potholes in front of it, knock a few bridges out, he's not going to get to where he's going. That's the right. same thing we want to do with the, with the forest fire. If you've got a forest fire coming to your house, coming towards it, we want to make holes in the road. We want, want to make holes in the highway. We want to slow it down so it doesn't get to your house. It doesn't get to where it could go. And the uh, important piece of that is when somebody, and, um, you can talk to this, I'm sure, when somebody's b- building a neighborhood, maybe that's out in the middle of nowhere, they need to they need to set certain standards as far as the size of the roads and so forth. Correct? Yeah, yeah, a really good idea. You know, if a, a new community is being put in, uh, you know, to talk to your uh, local fire department and see what their capabilities are. What you know, where can those those fire engines actually go? How how wide do the roads need to be? for the engine to be able to get into the community, mm-hmm. to be able to turn around safely. Sure. Um, and, you know, how steep of a grade uh, can they um, can they go up? Uh, you know, all around here in all of these counties, we have some 
you know, some mountainous areas and sure. some engines can't go up all those grades. So it's Man, important I, to work with your local uh, fire department. Yeah. Cause I've never thought about that, but I've uh, been at some communities where there's cabins where I know that my, oh, yeah. my Cadillac ba- barely gets up. Oh right? Lord. His Cadillac. It's too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can you imagine yeah. if a, a big old, you know, fire department. Here's another thing. I know there's a lot of rural communities that I've had appraisers tell me streets aren't marked. Streets are not marked because they've just been there for so long. They say you just take a right up by the mill. Then you take a left down by, you know, so I mean, Charlie's place. There's got to be as a part of this good signage. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And what's really important is, you know, to have uh, large enough signs that, you know, a fire, de- a fire department can read, uh, mm-hmm. you know, under smoking conditions at night. So they have to be reflective. Right. And, and not only that, good signage not only helps the fire department, but uh, just think how many times ambulances. ambulances oh, uh, ambulances. Yeah. And ha- have to go into communities. <laughs> You're and, absolutely uh, right. I shouldn't even joke about so, that. You're but, 100% but, but, right. But, but anyways, yeah. Ambulances. So, uh, not, so you have fire departments. Sure. Another thing sure. we you know, really should talk about because there's so much new construction that's happening and they're getting closer to close and closer to these national forests. So the rural nature of these neighborhoods are becoming more and more rural. And I think that all of the things that I see in this book that you've provided us, the ready, set, go book, I think this should be required reading for any contractor that is thinking of building a home. Talk about that. Is there any rules or regulations that these folks have to go through any type of fire safety course or anything? Well, what's, what's good about the firewise program is that it's all voluntary. Mm -hmm. We will provide uh, information to, uh, Oh, county leaders, uh, community leaders, homeowner associations, Mm -hmm. builders, developers, and there's, uh, booklets and brochures designed for each of those folks uh mm-hmm. like that ready set go booklet that you pulled out there um you know we would happily provide those to uh you know a developer or a builder if they were interested in looking at that and in addition, this isn't just for rural areas actually this can no, be for just right down our road here no a couple of you know before we were talking about uh you know how how many people are impacted by uh uh, I guess, wildfires. And, and what's uh, really important about these firewise principles is that, uh, you know, it doesn't make any difference if you live out in the middle of the woods or, you know, in, in the city, all of these, all of these principles about, uh, you know, uh, keeping your home clean, you know, what we talked about, mm-hmm. uh, leaves off the roof and gutters, um, because even if you live near woodlands, uh, you know, the embers we talked about before can be blown by the wind, you know, up to a mile. And, mm-hmm. and that, and we if see you have that leaves here. in your gutters and it, and one of those yeah. embers hits the gutter. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And so, um, and also when you think about it, uh, you know, if you live in a city and you have those, uh, same you know, leaves or pine needles on your roof or in your gutters and your neighbor's house catches fire or even a house a yeah. few blocks away, and embers are blowing your towards your house. It is also endangered. So these these principles really apply, you know, all over. And yeah. uh, re- they're really practical. 
Well, let me real quick backtrack on the carbon monoxide piece. And we only have about three minutes left in this segment. And we're got, we have one more segment with these folks. So we've got a lot more to come. But I do want to touch on that because how important it is. Carbon monoxide kills countless people every year. Carbon monoxide poisoning. And the yes. danger with it is that it's invisible. It doesn't yes. have a smell that I'm aware of. And you could be taken under by it like that and have no idea what happened until later when they do an autopsy, which is not when you want to learn about the carbon monoxide being in your system. And I have a personal story about that. When I was about probably 11 years old, we were down in Savannah, Georgia at a racetrack. My mom's uh, boyfriend was a race car driver at one of these little places. And when they brought the, uh, the generator to our trailer, the generator was pointing inside of the, the trailer where the electrical um, cords came in. It was completely no fault of their own, of the person who brought it to us. But guess what? I had 22% in my body. My mom went into cardiac arrest, almost died from it. And, and we had no idea. Thankfully, yeah. my mom's boyfriend was able to get out and get help. But we almost died as a result of that. So guess yeah. what could have solved that problem? A carbon monoxide yes. alert. Yep. So f folks that are out there that are listening, certainly we're talking about the wider kind of uh, angle of this subject matter landscape and communities and so forth. But a very important piece for you as a, a fire safety prevention minded community member is make sure your batteries are always checked when it's, when it's chirping at you, you know, don't like I did one time, I knocked it off the wall with the, with the broom. Cause I couldn't stand it. I couldn't reach it. You got to just make sure you're doing the maintenance when it comes to those things. That's probably important for people to know, wouldn't you say, Leon? Oh, yeah. That's critical information. Very, very important. And yep. Yeah. And, you know, yep. Mark, I tell you, and we'll talk about this on the other side of the break. Um, this is so amazing because education for new homeowners, they don't get enough of this type of stuff unless they're going through THDA or USDA. And I don't, I bet, I don't know if they have a fire safety course through that yeah. you know this is something that we might should bring to some people's attention as an offering considering we deal with more home first-time home buyers than any other lender in half for 11 years in a row so anyways um my name is kevin ray and we're here with the housing hour and we're going to come right back after these messages The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back in to The Housing Hour. Tell you guys about a couple of companies that we want you guys to, to work with. One is Admiral Title. Um, Admiral Title is a company that really does a fantastic job with real estate closings. If you are a lender, a realtor, or just a consumer that is looking to purchase or refinance their home, talk to, to a, the good people over at Admiral Title. They do a fantastic job. They'll take care of everything. They'll make sure that everything is lined up the way it's supposed to be lined up, and they do a, a darn good job at, at it. 865-531-6060. And then the other people, since I my voice is almost gone, I'm going to keep it short, is Scott Higgins over at Prudent Energy System. You know, he was putting the final touches when we were leaving to go to Florida. 
um, on some of the things. And, you know, I, I'm now addicted to this. You know, I want every little nook and cranny sealed in my home. For those of you that don't know, we had an energy auditor in, Scott Higgins. He's become our area expert for energy audits and for how we go about making those um the, the solutions to the audit come true. And we have done just a, an enormous amount of work and an enormous amount of shows revolving around Scott and his work. And so he was putting the finishing touches. He was putting on a, a blanket on my hot water heater. Oh, did he? Yeah, he did. And he was also uh, insulating the pipes underneath my home. My showers are hot. They're, they're immediately hot and it's wonderful. Our home is sealed it's just a fantastic feeling, comfort, and it's just a great service that Scott Higgins with Inter Prudent Energy System delivers. Give them an opportunity to work with you. Go to our website to find out more information. I apologize, folks, about my voice. Um, we were talking off air about uh, assessments and grants and things like that, <clears throat> and I can actually compare it, really, to what Scott does in a little kind of because what he does is Scott Higgins at Prudent Energy System, he'll come out and audit your home to see where the leakage is and why you're losing so much of that conditioned air out to the outside space. Now, there are grants and so forth that come with that. Now, what we were talking about off air was there are programs, and I'm going to let um, Leon talk about it, but there's programs that if your community comes together, there are some grants available to help prevent fires, correct? Talk about that, Yeah, Hilma. Yeah, you bet. Uh uh, so the, <clears throat> the the way you become eligible for these, uh, they're called hazard mitigation grants, and the way you become eligible for them is for a community uh, to become a nationally recognized FireWise community. Uh, uh, FireWise is a nationwide program, and uh, there's oh, about 11 or 1,200 nationally recognized communities, mm -hmm. and today in uh, Tennessee. That's not that many, it doesn't seem. It, it isn't. It really isn't. And uh, uh, within the state here, we, we've had 13 communities become nationally recognized. And so uh, once, a, once a community goes through the steps to become nationally recognized, which uh, we will help them go through that, and it's mostly just a matter of making an assessment of mm -hmm. the community, finding the good points and, and the trouble areas within the community, and writing a plan specifically identifying what needs to be done in the community. Uh, Give me a couple of things that it could be. Sure. Um, well, um, brush uh, fire, baby. Yeah. Well, one of the the main purpose of the grants is to get rid of the hazardous vegetation. So, uh, mm -hmm. uh, oftentimes uh, the community is able to buy. Uh, tools, uh, hand tools, chainsaws, leaf blowers, and, and other hand tools. For us to do the work? Well, exactly, for the <laughs> homeowner, for the homeowner to do the work. Because sure. one thing we haven't mentioned is nobody more than the homeowner itself ha can keep the home from burning. Mm -hmm. More than the fire department or more than anyone else. It's the homeowner that has the responsibility mm -hmm. to make themselves safe. And because they own the land and they control the building materials mm -hmm. and the landscaping, you know, they have control over what can be done. Mm -hmm. So so anyways, in order to get rid of the, the nearby, let's say, laurel and rhododendron and other highly flammable plants, uh, the grant monies can be used to buy the, the tools I mentioned. Uh, mm -hmm. So the... And, 
so the homeowners can borrow those tools and, and cut down and get rid of the, uh, the hazardous. That's amazing. It is. It's a wonderful thing. It's a, it's a great opportunity for the homeowners. Uh, how much so, can they get for a grant? Okay. Uh, so <clears throat> the first year after becoming nationally recognized, uh, they're eligible for a grant up to $20,000. And that's, I mean, we can never guarantee that because we never know how much money is going to be around. But right. what I can say is there's never been a community that's gone through this effort and not gotten all of the all of the twenty thousand dollars or the amount that they requested. Mm-hmm. Maybe less than all, that potentially, depending yeah, on. Yeah, but but pretty much all communities need the full twenty thousand, and almost immediately when they become nationally recognized, the grant is approved. Mm. I mean, that's how it, it's almost a given. Becoming a national nationally recognized Firewise community can almost be thought of as a a pre-certification for the grant. It's it's not officially that, but that's pretty much most the of way the it time. Works. Yeah, you yeah, get I mean, one, you have the yeah. other. So, um, you Mark, know, I mean, that's fantastic. Oh, Why do we only have thirteen communities? I don't know. And the question I have is, if they get this <clears throat> money and they can yeah. uh, remove these uh, the troubled product or yes. the plants and right. stuff, can they use the money to replace it with other material that's not flammable? That's still instead of just denuding an area of vegetation yeah, yeah. No, uh, <laughs> no no it's not it's, it's not for landscaping mark <laughs> no but what's interesting is and, and i think nathan mentioned this before you know one of the real misconceptions about the firewise practices is that it is a denuding or a clear cutting uh actually it, it's one of the myths we talk about sometimes mm-hmm. doing using these uh firewise practices uh uh you, you know i mean all the time you can still end up with a very attractive home and and in many cases, a more attractive home uh, uh, after doing some work. Uh, sure, so absolutely. Some of the other things that uh, the grant monies can be used for is, uh, well, we talked about signage before, reflective oh, yeah. Yeah, signage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's uh, uh, an authorized thing. If it's within that individual's, individual community's plan, because that's the way these grants work. The grants are for to remedy the problems identified in their firewise plan. Um, but water sources, uh, you know, many of these rural communities are far from uh, city hydrants where they're pressurized. Mm-hmm. So if there's a uh, lake nearby, uh, the, gr- the grant money can be used to install what's called a dry hydrant. It's a hydrant that a, the fire department can come and hook up and, and, and suck water out of, but it it's not pressurized like you would find in a city. Uh, right. Better than nothing, um, but... Oh, it is. Right? It's much better, you know, if you're, yeah, many miles and maybe, you know, a half hour or an hour away from, you know, uh, resupplying water, uh, you know, having that capability is really important. Uh, uh, let's see. Nathan, uh, let's see, what other things um, were, do we uh, have grants for? We have the hand tools, water sources, signage. Um, you know, we've also had grants, and, and they've actually um, used them for the required Firewise Day. Um, they've used a little bit of that, um, for, either if they... For education? They, yeah, for education and for coming together yeah. um, and doing their Firewise Day where they can use yeah. the, if they've purchased tools or if they have That's their right. own leaf blowers, they help each other Can we out. use some of that money for party materials, like drinks and so forth? <laughs> Pizza. I'm yeah. just saying, I mean, well, you get a bunch of people, well, homeowners, they want some drinks yeah. and some food. Well. Yes, no. the answer to that the answer to that question is 
Yes. Okay. As long I'm not as, talking as about as, alcoholic beverages. Right, I'm talking that's about Pepsi's right. yeah. and so yeah. forth. But no, it's a no. It, it's one of the common ex- expenditures. Guess what? Yeah. You have to make. Yeah. I mean, fire prevention. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not sexy, but you do. I like how you yeah. guys talk about yeah. it because you talk yeah. about it in a very informative and interesting way. Because you think of fire safety, sometimes it just has that. Oh, well, it's not going to happen to me. It's that yeah. myth that you talked about. Yeah. But guess yeah. what? You have to understand that it's very serious. Yeah. Yeah, it's real. I mean, I I think, you know, all of us that have watched TV in mm-hmm. the last few years have seen footage local from local communities that have had fires and uh, homes have burned sure. down. And so, yeah, it's real. And, and there's a lot we can do to prevent that from happening. Mm-hmm. Does insurance cover uh, a loss from a wildfire? I, I, it's just from a, a wildfire? Of, yeah, I don't know. It depends yeah. on if it exceeds a certain amount. Then FEMA may come. I have no idea what I'm talking about. You, yeah. you, you answer it, Nathan. Yeah. Um, it's know, dependent upon your insurance, I imagine. Yeah, it, I, well, I think it would be dependent on, on where you're at. And if you were in like a fire-prone area, you know, your insurance mm. company would look at that. Um, I think, oh, you know, kind of like things are going a flood zone in a way. Yeah. Right? I think oh, things is. are going yeah. toward where, you know, they, they look at the issues in your area, you know, whether that's a wind event, hurricane, whatever, with yeah, all the natural right. disasters. We've wow. Had. So, uh, well, you know, mortgage companies may in the future have a certification, you know, cause right now exactly. if you're in a flood zone, you know, you have to have extra insurance. Yes. Well, yes, you, right. yeah. one of your, one of your landscaping firewise on your checklist yeah. is to determine the fire history. Is there rhododendron close yeah. to your house? Yeah. yeah. It, it, yeah right. It's true. And so you have to keep that in, in context. Yeah. And I might add, just in, in the Western United States today, uh, already uh, insurance is very interested in fire-prone areas. And uh, many companies out there, if they recognize that a community is at risk in a fire-prone area, they won't... Uh, what they will do is they will notify the policy uh, holders that they have three years to incorporate these firewise like practices oh, wow. or their policy won't be renewed. And so that's the national. Trend. Those are the 13 communities that's in a, Tennessee uh, probably. Uh, yeah. And you know, so far uh, I don't know that that's happening, you know, on this side. Right, on this, right. in, in the East, but right. uh, well, I guess uh, it, correct me if I'm wrong in the Western States, uh, is there more population in the rural kind of forest areas than there is here, or am I completely well, wrong? I think I think the reason that uh, there's more focus on it uh, in in the West is because their losses mm. are come in in bigger chunks. Right. Uh, more of the you know where whole communities have burnt down. Sure. There, I was looking at a, a picture. I mean, it's devastating. Yeah. Yeah. And. Yeah, there's, you know, in some commute, some fires, you know, have taken out 350 homes uh, out wow. there. But but here, you know, in the east, we we actually burn down more homes. Oh. But we, but they just occur in smaller numbers, either signal oh, okay. singly or I see. you know, smaller numbers so they don't get the media coverage. Well, cuz I mean, I've I've seen yeah. the CNN, the Fox News, you know, yeah. they're out there. Yeah. They're just on the per, you know, the perimeter. And there's these huge, the Santa Ana winds are, oh, yeah. are blowing. Yeah. And wow. I mean, those yeah. are devastating, but that, this is a myth. That's what we need to make sure people are clear about. It doesn't just happen in the Western United no. States. So we're talking about that. So don't misread what we're saying. We're saying more of that happens here. And that's why it's so important. The, uh, um, you don't mind me saying, yeah, please. the, the fires that we have here, 
we don't have to have a large fire to see a lot of houses. You know, out there, mm. the different mm. fuel types, yeah. they're actually not as populated. But when the fire hits a populated area, like Los Angeles or whatever, um, while here, you know, we can have a smaller hot fire. On Millertown Pike, about two Thanksgivings ago, we had about 100 acres that burnt. Mm. And I could look around and see, you know, a couple hundred houses at night, but right there behind uh, East Town Mall. So, wow. um, you know, we have them right there in clusters. Right. And, and, and there's not, uh, it's very rare we have a fire, even if it's five, two or five acres or a, a even smaller fire that we don't sit there and look at homes. Mm. And, and that's key here um, is, is we have more potential to lose the homes. We have, uh, um, you know, fires are human caused, therefore, there's got to be people around to cause them. We've just said debris fires mm-hmm. are over half of it. Mm-hmm. Um, electric lines, stuff like that. There's going to be houses. So. Poor electrical. You know, that's another part of the maintenance piece because if you have a home in a rural area, you know what? Maintenance, that means, you know, if you have a, what is it called? This Pacific box. What is the type of box? You know, the FHA doesn't allow. You know what I'm talking about. There's a specific type of electrical panel or box. Oh, I see. The Georgia Pacific box. Exactly. Or whatever it is. Maintenance is a big piece of this. Unfortunately, guys, we're running out of time. I didn't realize I was going to get this excited about fire prevention, but I really am because I think for me and my family, I want to do everything I can to keep our community safe. And that's a big part of this. And I did want to mention one other thing real quick that Nathan had said off air about carbon monoxide. You know, he has found that the times where people are, it's deadly, is that if you're trying to fight a fire outside, you can get carbon monoxide poisoning. Just so call 911. If there's a fire, don't try to fight it yourself. Call 911. Okay. So, guys, thank you so much for providing us with your attention for this hour. Thank you to our sponsor, Mortgage Investors Group. And you guys have a good rest of the weekend. And we'll see you next week right here on the Housing Hour. That's the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and the why not. You need to know, so come here to find out. This program is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.